0: Secret Friends Unite!
1: Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 416. This is your geek. This is your guide to the geek side. and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra. Um, and just let you folks know that uh, a certain Mr. Charlie Carden Will not be joining us this week because he's actually in the middle of uh, a galactic ocean uh, on a Starfleet cruise. And he surprised us all with a little bit of renewal of vows on the, uh, you know, international waters. So once again, congratulations to Charlie. He'll be back and tell us all about his Starfleet cruise. But Charlie, have a good break. And we have a, uh, when Charlie's gone, sometimes I'll bring in guests that have not been on this podcast before. And that's what we're doing tonight, folks. We've got a guest who has been on co-op mode to talk video games. But now we've got someone who's very familiar with comic books, and that's Mr. John Bernardo. And he is from Comics on the Pod podcast and Comics on the Pod podcast. .com, I believe. If I got it right. Yes. John. Yeah, you
0: got it. Yeah. It's co- the podcast is comics on the spot, but unfortunately oh. our handle is comics on the pod.
1: <laughs> there you go. See, there you go. See, this makes it easy for people. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. We had you on uh, co-op mode to talk video games, but um, mm-hmm. we always, you know, figured there's a good crossover between people like video games and like other geeky stuff. So it's always... Yeah. A good time to bring on folks who were were fun, bring them back on another one of our shows. So, John, uh, so folks who may not have listened to the video game show, because we don't have a lot of crossover on this show, because it's primarily Mm -hmm. just comic books and what you've been watching, reading uh, with that, though, give people your uh, I call it your geek elevator picture of how you became the geek you are today.
0: I mean, as you can see for any of the video watchers, you, as you can see, most of my geekdom comes from Turtles. Uh, I've been into Turtles ever since I was a kid, and I'm very grateful that to this day that we, I have a franchise that I was able to stay with, that it still exists. You know, a lot of people complain about what's happening to the Turtles now, what they look like, and so forth. I'm just happy we still have them. Because if we still have them, that means people keep putting up more stuff, I can keep going broke over these things and you know what i mean like we get to stay in that world um so it really started with all like turtles and then it evolved into power rangers um and so forth um and then kind of like most people around high school you kind of have to find out do i stick with these things or do i have to try to like grow up air quotes uh so i kind of stuck in the middle where i didn't know where i was and then once i kind of got out of high school i found came back to what i do best which was you know just being a giant nerd as much as i want um and funny enough late in my life i only got into comic books late in my life uh probably mm-hmm. even in my 20s i only got into comic books um you know passing i've you know picked them up here and there as i was a young one but only in my 20s thanks to comiXology which you know rest in peace um <laughs> uh, <laughs> was i able to easily access comic books because to me, walking into a comic shop is very intimidating. You know, you and that's the whole part about any sort of geekdom is that we can't have gatekeepers. You know, we we need more people to consume any sort of nerdy stuff, any sort of geeky stuff, because the more people consume it, the more popular it gets, the more money gets put into it, the more we get to enjoy it. And people need to realize that. But yeah, so I, I got into comic books, and then from there it's just Ever since I kind of introduced myself into comic books, I just realized that this is who I am. This is who I want to be. I don't really care what people think about it. Um, and it's something I instill in my kid too. You know, when she says, I don't, I don't, I'm not supposed to like this. I'm like, you like whatever you want. I don't care. So yeah, that's basically me. It's uh, I'm a, you know, like what you want. And um, I like a lot of nerdy stuff um I like, I, I like anime i was i've been into anime since i was a kid as well um so there's some nerdy stuff for you too you remember renting the renting some vhs's when i was a oh kid. yeah yeah uh and and now that i'm an adult i can you know buy stuff like this like because why not right i'm holding I a red ranger power ranger helmet for anyone
1: not watching a video but yeah that's me that's that's awesome because what you talked about exactly right If people support the things, they'll make more. Things will grow Mm -hmm. and more people get to enjoy it, especially talk about Turtles. I mean, uh, I remember when that, uh, And I remember when it came out, I was in high school when the cartoon came on. I remember Mm -hmm. though when the comic book came out and I'm like, and uh, you know, it was a indie hit. I mean, uh, it wasn't for one of the major publishers. This is before Image. This is, I mean, there weren't many people doing independent books that actually did well. It was in black and white. I mean, about this crazy thing. So the fact that it has now. I mean, we talked about like franchises that just won't stop. Turtles. We've got Power Rangers, and they're you know yeah. it's it's just amazing. So I, I I think this is great, and they they hit every generation, which is even better. Um, which is which tells you the the versatility of it, and it's fantastic.
0: Here's all, here's all the this is
1: the original,
0: like the original
1: comics, like in tr- in hardcover form. It's great. I mean, it's great. And by the way, uh, there is a fantastic. Uh, the toys that made us on Netflix about yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's yes. amazing. You could see the creators. It's it's one of my favorite series. It's it's really well done, and, and they do a good job talking about, you know, what happened with the franchise, how it's changed hands. So it's really great.
0: I will say one thing. If you are interested, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, and if anyone listening is interested in more turtle documentary type stuff, uh, there is one called Turtle Power, and it's a definitive history of the Ninja Turtles. It's about an hour, 40 minutes. Probably can find it. I think it's on Paramount maybe uh, or YouTube. But yeah, that is an amazing watch and it will cover everything Turtles up into when that thing was made. It is fantastic.
1: Well, excellent. Well, thank you, John, for being on. This is going to be a fun ride. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I'm just going to build on what we just talked about and the fact that we have a Patreon and we're now about a month into the Patreon. We've uh, got about 10 members now that have been fantastic joining us on our ride. And you're actually going to be on a Patreon episode talking about a yes, you and another friend of mine, Sean, Sean Capri, will be talking about Sean Capri. I know him. Yeah. Oh, you do good, good, yeah. good. This is all. This is going to be fun. We're going to be talking about TMNT: The Last Ronin, and so uh, which which John is showing right now. We are oh, going to talk about that comic, and um, it's going to be a fun ride. So we're going to be recording that tomorrow, and it should be out later this week. If you're. Uh, subscribe and a patreon so uh that'll be a fun ride i love this and uh very excited to talk about comic books it's one of the reasons yes. why we did a patreon to do more uh episodes about the things we love and that's comic books for me so with that though we want to say thank you to our patrons that make this stuff possible uh best bud jamie Prinky. Thank you, Jamie, so much. Um, you know, Jamie, make sure you go to our Patreon, our actual website. We do have a Patreon page now. Hopefully you like the, the image I picked for you. So uh, enjoy that. And then we also want to take our, our BFFs, Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, and Missy Merchant. They've been here from the beginning. Great folks. And uh, they do love the comic book talk. So uh, I think they're in for a ride with this episode. But, John? one of the things we have to do that people love about the show is we pick a comic book based on the number of this episode. Uh, We found out that when we got to like the 400s, it was harder. There was only like a few comics that have actually been into the 400s. It's typically DC. Um, That's about Spider-Man, Batman. So we said, let's just go with the, 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 I guess called the first, the last two digits of the comic. And we'll go with that. So I picked one, um, not because it's goofy or silly. It's because I thought it was such a cool idea. Maybe it's a gimmick. I don't know. But a Spider-Man 16, it was a crossover with X-Force. And this was a special sideways issue. So Uh-oh. that's why I'm yeah, like, this. <laughs> exactly. So this is a comic that you actually put it sideways and read it like Top to bottom, I guess, is the best way to say oh, it. Okay. And everything was, I believe, I don't think they were all single panels, um, but it was once again trying to go for a widescreen format in a comic mm-hmm. book, and that's kind of yeah. how you do it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I believe the artist at the time was still Todd McFarlane. So this I was is Rick. That Ford. looks like McFarlane for sure. Yeah. That's his Spidey. Yeah, this is at the tail end of his career at Marvel, right before he jumped to Image. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think he even teamed up with Rob Liefeld in this one, because I think Liefeld might have been actually still at the helm of X-Force at the time from an art perspective. I think it was Chris Claremont or another or at the time. I can't remember if it was Claremont or, uh, who was writing X-Force as well. Um, but yeah, this was just such a fun book. Very dynamic. Art form was great. And this was the era of the artist, not the writer's. It really was. And this was basically giving the artist a medium to, to really expand uh, like a like a widescreen format from TV versus back in the day. It was four by three, you know, basically square going wide like a movie format. I thought this was mm-hmm. such a cool idea. It's a beautiful looking book, especially if you want to see Todd McFarlane draw the X-Men, which he didn't do a lot of. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this issue came out November 1991. And it is sideways, so I have to look sideways. And it, it does say it's part of Sabotage Crossover Part One. Mutants, is, yeah. Mutants and Nonstop. Uh, uh, wait, I'm reading. Sorry, folks, if, if you're Mutants right. Mutants and uh, Non Mutants against the Unstoppable Juggernaut. Oh, so even better, Juggernaut. He's so great. You know, Professor Xavier's half-brother, Kane Marco, the power of the Sidorak Gem, giving him all those powers. He's not actually a mutant. Many people don't know that. Oh, well. And uh, apparently this was the 30th anniversary of the Fantastic Four, because they used to use, like, the cover uh, bottom corners to tell you that it was a specific, like, anniversary or something. So, um, folks, uh, I don't know. I mean, Marvel Unlimited is a place you can definitely get this. I don't know if this is collected in trade paperback. You can obviously look for single issues. It's much harder. But but uh, very cool. Check it out. This is one you kind of, I think you have to hold in your hands, though, to really get the impact of it versus a tablet. Yeah. Well, very, very cool. Well, now we move on to our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Madam Webb. Uh, you know, John's into comics. I'm into comics. Uh, but by all means, you're a young child of the uh, first part of the 19th century or 20th century, I guess it would have been. Um, and I believe your favorite comic was The Yellow Kid, which I believe was the firmest comic book ever created uh, for the mass market. So I don't know much about that, but it sounds really offensive. What do you think, John? Yellow Kid? Yellow Kid. I don't think I know that one, actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those odd like first comics ever made. I looked at the cover one time and it was very odd. It didn't look like it was – it it was definitely not a superhero book at all. But yeah, it was uh, basically turn of the century type of uh, comic at the time. Probably like two cents or something.
0: I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's definitely an odd American comic strip character. It's not really telling me much here. But uh, yeah, he looks very odd. A yeah. bald, snaggletooth boy who was oversized, <laughs> who wore an oversized yellow shirt and hung around a slum in an alley. Okay. Well, all the kids want
1: to read about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I can relate to that. Sure, I guess I'm slumming it. Big shirts, you know, having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right, yeah, up. probably probably best buzz with, like, Little Orphan Annie. Probably should have yeah. chummed <laughs> around and had a good time. Oh, yeah. well. Uh, well, John, Madam Web brings us the news, as always, and this week she has brought us a story I actually was surprised that this is actually happening. (sighs) We are getting a new Hellboy movie. This would be the second reboot based on the original movie, based on the original comic by Mike Mignola. Uh, Guillermo del Toro did the first two films. Uh, You know, they're widely loved but apparently not as successful as as the studio wanted so then they paused uh development on uh more movies by uh, Guillermo del Toro they made some interesting an- animated films which you can check out mm-hmm. but i don't think um Guillermo del Toro was involved with those no. Mike McNola though has gotten more involved with with the movies like he wants to be closer to his dream which is more R rated more horrific so we got the 20, 20, 2021 2018. Wow. No, no, no.
0: Sorry. No, not 2018. Uh, maybe 2022, 2020, 2019. Okay. There it is. There we go. There we go. <laughs> it's, it's, if it's, we keep
1: yeah. dancing around it, we'll find it. Yeah. And and quite honestly, I thought that movie wasn't too bad. I thought it looked pretty uh, pretty good. Um, comparative. I David Harbor's boy, You know, if you're not going to have Ron Perlman, I thought he was a good pick for the role. But it's hard was. to replace a legend. Yeah. And uh, went a little bit more R-rated. Didn't don't know if it was more effective because it was R-rated, but um, yeah. that movie did not do well. But um, so apparently, Mike McNull is going to be completely behind this next uh, movie. Uh, apparently, it's going to be called The Crooked Man, which is based on a comic book. Um, story, but I haven't read all of the Hellboy. I mean, there's been so many of them, quite honestly, that I don't know what I've read and what I haven't these days. But mm-hmm. it's um, it's going to essentially be another reboot. It's going to be set um, in rural Appalachia during the 1950s. So this is kind of interesting. It's a more of a period, period piece versus modern times. And it's going to be um, Hellboy teaming up with a rookie B- BPRD agent, and uh, they are basically in, uh, investigating a witch coven, haunting the locals that are led by the titular Crooked Man, apparently based on a 2008 graphic novel where Magnola wrote it, but Richard Corbin did the work, uh, the, the artwork. And that was actually originally brought out to support Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. Wow. So that's a lot. A lot of background there. So... Mm. Um, John, what do you think? I mean, is this something you're interested in? Um, how do you feel about this? Well, never.
0: I also have never really read the Hellboy comics. I think I read volume one, like the very first one, and I enjoyed it. Um, but uh, I really love the Del Toro movies, especially uh, Golden Army. It's th- He was a perfect director for that because he brought this world to life. But from what I know... Neither of those movies are very true to any source material. They're kind of their own thing, which is fine because I feel like he's created such a unique world that it kind of worked out. I watched the David Harbour one. Uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, David Harbour did a great job. He did the best he could with the material. It was definitely more comic-y, uh, definitely more, you know, more outlandish than, than the other movies. So I saw what they were going for, but they just dropped the ball on that. So my initial reaction is God, no, please no. But Mike McNola, being behind this, co-writing the script gives it some hope taking place in the 1950s, which I believe I, I, I could have swore when I read the, one of the stories I read, it was taking place back then. So, uh, or at least there was a flashback or something along those lines. So they, they are really sticking to, and with Mike behind it, they're sticking to that kind of original vision. So, I don't know why they're trying so hard. I don't know who who owes who what favor that they need to keep trying this franchise because let's be honest, nobody really cared for the other. Like Hellboy 2 did pretty well as, as far as I know. Not well enough for them to make more, but maybe that's because the studio, I don't know the real reason, but what was there not enough money? Was it a time thing? By the time they wanted it, they wanted more money. Who knows, right? Uh, but what at what point if you didn't think it was good enough to do part three why did we reboot it right i would assume the the concept is with these suits is that well comic books are popular let's do another comic book movie let's just do that and then they failed and like let's try one more time let's try one, i think we can do it. <laughs> I mean, guys this just came out you just tried it And it's not even that this next one can't be good. You just tried. Can you let it breathe for a little bit so that people forget about the other one?
1: I I, I don't know. It it seems too soon, really. And it's going to confuse a lot of people because anybody who saw the last one, they'll be like, oh, well, what happened to David Harbour? You know, it's it's really I mean, typically when they do these things, I mean, we had the X-Men. That's probably the most famous like comic book getting a reboot with first but class they did
0: that good, though they did that good because they're like let's go to the past right yeah new group and of they, mutants yeah yeah, and and they they it up. Earth. yeah exactly so they, they kind of did a good but like for another bad example was you know spider-man 3 came out and then we're all waiting for spider-man 4 and then it's like now amazing spider-man here you go yeah Right. So, and back then we didn't have a lot of sources to find out what the heck was actually happening. So we just thought, oh, oh, okay. now we know all the troubles that Sam Raimi had with the studio. But before it was like, Wait, why, why are they doing this? We had a Spider Man. Why are we starting another Spider Man? What are we doing?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it, and and we're going to talk about the, actually this in the Thunderdome. We're going to talk about franchises and fatigue. So we'll go on and bought yeah, some more yeah. examples of this. It just it does seem weird that. Coming this close to the last one, um, Lionsgate did the last movie. This one's done being done by like more of an independent film house. Mm. So I, I don't f- know what. To, yeah, that has some uh, hope, right?
0: Because then you're hoping it's like, listen, just do whatever you got to do. Usually when it's the bigger studios, it's kind of like, let's get in the way. You got to have this. You got to have jokes. You got to be an Avengers, right? So hopefully, being a more independent studio, they'll kind of stay at the way, stay out of the way, and let the creators do their work. So we we, yeah. we can see, um, but the person that's doing it is the director of Crank, which is a good thing.
1: Uh a crazy but, movie, yeah. If you want yeah, a toned, yeah, with uh, what was that, Jason Statham?
0: Yeah, but like that—that's a—that's a kind of turn off your brain movie. Like if you're trying to get deep into the source material of the comic, I don't know. We'll we'll see. He was good at doing the action, so I'm hoping that's a good thing. I think sometimes we forget that the director isn't the writer, so let's see if maybe he could prove us wrong, but. The last one came out twenty nineteen. If they're going to start production in March, we're probably not going to see this until twenty twenty four. Yeah, I'm I, sure I right was going to say twenty five yeah. or twenty six, yeah. right? But yeah, so that's we don't even know a, who Hellboy is yet. They haven't announced exactly. it, and it's like, what? Really? Oh, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, by five, six years, I guess it's enough time. So we'll see where we get there. Maybe Ron Perlman's available. <laughs> I, I remember a while back too when they were talking about like he was already too yeah. old to do it, and he was like he's like listen i know i'm too old but i will do it if we can get it this was years
1: and years i'm ago, wearing he- freaking makeup by the way yeah but i mean yeah, yeah. two point yeah i mean he's gonna be it's gonna be plus 50 years in the past so
0: yeah
1: Well <sighs> it's funny you said about the makeup because i remember
0: dave david harbour when he got the role he started working out and getting really jacked up and then they said
1: no we're just gonna put a suit on you body stuff on you yeah exactly yeah, yeah I like, well, exactly I've gone this far. and he's yeah. like all right i'll put the pounds back on <laughs> Exactly. Just let me do my thing. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. um, well, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Mike McNolla owns the IP. Dark Horse does not. Uh, they publish it for him. Uh, the comics and stuff like that. So that's where the creator can do whatever they want. Hopefully it goes better than when other director, direct uh, creators have been involved, like Frank Miller doing the spirit. But mm-hmm. enough said about that. Um, next story is a comic book story. Once again, talk about, you know, the past coming back. We've got Jonathan Hickman, his next big Marvel project will be bringing back the ultimate universe. It's called Ultimate Invasion. It'll uh, force the Illuminati to reunite with, to, to face the maker, which was evil Reed Richards. So I don't know exactly. Apparently, um, it's been eight years since Hickman basically wrote a story to And the Ultimate Universe uh, in Secret Wars. Um, And I believe at this point, the only characters that exist from the Ultimate Universe are Miles uh, Morales. And I don't know who else, to be honest... I know they-
0: You're on your own with this one because I'm not up to date with anything okay. Marvel. I read Ultimate Spider-Man, and that's pretty much it. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, and that was the whole point. Ultimates came along at a time when Marvel felt like their book – they were like DC at the time. Their, their, their characters were like all in middle age. The comics mm-hmm. were all like at 400, 500 issues, and they wanted a way to attract new readers, basically refreshing the characters in certain ways. Sometimes it was – didn't feel that – Different a take than you previously got. Sometimes it did. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man didn't really feel that different. It was just in modern times where instead of Peter Parker looking like he was on in happy days, he looked like <laughs> a modern kid. Um, they changed some things up at the origin. It was it was it was it wasn't bad. And a lot of things actually got based on the Ultimates out of this. Um, it was they didn't do some crossovers eventually. And like I said, Miles Morales Wood was, was most likely the most successful thing to come out of uh, that line and actually he replaced peter parker when peter parker died um oh. in the ultimates which wow. did i spoil anything <laughs> Um Hopefully not
0: i never well no i think that's probably no knowledge i i just read the ultimate i knew that that was it but just i didn't read when it happened like i knew that that's kind of something like that that happened i just didn't actually see it in the book oh
1: sorry but i, <laughs> I will okay. say though we never going back to it <laughs> It was it, well. It's like it was like the longest running. It was like a hundred plus issues long. Yeah. Um, yeah. I ended up reading quite a bit of it because my son was in it at the time. My library had oh, nice. uh, trade paperbacks of it, so I read it. And the transition between Peter and Miles was fantastic. It was so well written. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis was really behind it, and it was the longest running of the comics. There, were, uh, the actual Marvel Zombies came out of the Ultimate Universe which was interesting. It was kind of a fantastic four story that that caused it, and they they kind of spread, uh, as you will. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, those are probably the most successful things. But apparently, Brian Hitch, or not Brian Hitch, sorry, um, uh, Jonathan Hickman, he is quite the architect of when he makes a story, Um, when he does an Avengers storyline, or when he does a storyline. It's got so many... Uh, or even the most recent run of X-Men, which has um, really changed the status quo for the X-Men. He makes stories that he has plotted out eight years. You don't know what's happening and what will pay off and what won't. Mm-hmm. And it's, and he's quite the architect. Now he gets a lot of people like Grant Morrison lost in the details at time. He kind of like kind of lost me there, bud. Um, and he <laughs> has a long game and plan. And then he typically, a lot of people love him. And, and I, 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 Love him or hate him, he's, he's kind of a mixed bag for me at times. Well, he's coming back. He's bringing back the Ultimate Universe. Nothing stays dead. And um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they do this. Uh, I don't need, know if Marvel needs more characters, more storylines, yeah. or more events. We just finished, um, and we're going to have this on a future show. We're going to be talking about the an Avengers X-Men Eternals event that just happened. And that was a hot bag of, wow, That was too much comic for comics sense. I think we, it was like 34 parts. If you want to read everything, it was 34 parts. Oh my goodness. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And it was just like, Hmm. Okay. At the end of the day, there was very little impact. And I know you don't always need a long running impact. It's just a good story is good enough at times, but um, I will be curious to see where they're going to go with this. Um, But uh, Brian Hitch, who was a big part of the ultimates when that first launched, I thought those ultimates books, which were based on the Avengers were really good, but they got a little dark. A lot of weird things happened. Don't even bring up what happened to Wasp and the Blob. Very gross. Um, is all I will say. Um, but um, he's Brian Hitch is coming back for this as well. So um, I'll I'll be curious to see what it is. Um, and I don't know. I mean, do you? I mean, you said you don't really catch up with the, the Marvel uh, like can't comics that frequently. Um, do events get you excited for anything, or is it more like that? Just sounds like a lot of work.
0: It does. Uh, unfortunately, like that's when it comes to comics, like I do enjoy superhero stuff. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy more consuming it on a standalone scale. Uh, when it when it comes to ongoing things, it's it's hard for me to kind of stick with like Ultimate Spider-Man was its own thing. It had, you know, things that were you could, I, I know that some, at some point there was X-Men involved in things like that. And there's those issues that had that but you didn't have to read them Uh, so when it comes to marvel and dc i strongly try to stay away from continuity because when i did try uh with dc i remember when dc rebirth came out i was like okay we're starting from the beginning i'm on the ground floor i won't miss anything i can do it and i was reading every single issue of every single thing that came out because the second you read something, okay, Batman, now we're going to this book. So I got to go read that book. Like halfway through, it tells you it's going to have a crossover. So I got to go read that book. So I understand the crossover and it's just, it, it was overwhelming. And to be honest, that's the part of comics that I feel is too intimidating and can deter people from wanting to get into it. So for me, I like reading the standalone stuff. So Marvel, uh, Spider-Man life story, um, The Batman books, I have the Batman White Knight books, which are you know their own little series. Mr. Miracle, things that are standalone. You can read it and you're done. You don't have to worry about the next 400 issues coming out. So yeah, I remember the original question, but yeah, it's hard for me to kind of get, I don't get excited by an event unless someone says it's, here it is, it's these six issues. You can read this event. General Marvel knowledge applies and you can get out. And I know that's not the case because every event has lead-in issues and they have like in-between issues, right? So it's never just, here's the event, enjoy. It's like, like you can go watch Infinity War and Endgame and never watch the other movies and you'll be good enough. You can't do that when it comes to actually reading Marvel Comics.
1: I think you're exactly right, especially for new new readers. When they yeah. watch the movies or the TV shows, they're like, what's a good comic? Mm-hmm. That is a really hard thing at times to recommend because they have a different feel. Uh, they're in different places. Comics are like soap operas. They've been going forever, and the storylines creep forward at uh, inches at a time versus, you know, years at a time. So um, I've kind of gotten weary of the uh, Marvel events and even the DC events. Um, mm-hmm. They are, like you said, they're overstuffed too much It just really doesn't generate sales um, and a lot of comics now they've got issues of a comic you love now you're being dragged into the the story and it's like oh I didn't want that and now yeah, um, yeah. so I don't know take or leave it uh, that's why I'm a big fan of uh, you know with Marvel and DC I'd rather get the, um, the the subscription service just because if I am interested then I don't have to spend a, a potentially over 300 bucks. To read a yeah. whole storyline. That's expensive. Exactly. A lot to, to re- exactly, ask yeah. of someone. Yeah, so, um, but it's it's coming. I know there are a lot of people that are really fans of that series, and it was probably there what got them into Marvel at a time. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's kind of neat fan service for that, and maybe it will have some repercussions. I wouldn't hold your breath, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Well, um, we, we pivot to... Once again, we're hitting on a lot of common themes this episode, and uh, this kind of brought the topic to mind. I, I was talking to John. I'm like, I oh, have a couple topics, and, and by the way, um, did you know they are going to be making new Lord of the Rings and Hobbits movies?
0: Yeah, yeah, I briefly heard about this, and um, I, I don't know what I don't know what to say. I don't know how much more they're going to milk the the heck out of this. Uh, I don't know. Do, like they said that they're going to do it, but have they said what that they're going to uh, do? Like what story they're going to do? I don't know a lot about Lord of the Rings, but I know that they've done it, right? Like, is there more? We already have the Amazon TV show. What What more do we need?
1: <laughs> That's that's a good question. There are, you know, the established books. Then there's uh The Hobbit, which is one book that they turned into three movies. Um, yeah. we've got like the um some other materials like the Silmarian. Um, you know, there were certain things that were left out of the Lord of the Rings movies that were in the the um that were in the books. So and then we have the Lord of the, the Rings Rings of Power, which is essentially a prequel a thousand years before this all happened, more about how the rings right. were forged, um, and really getting you out of the, you know. I'm going to run into somebody I know. But you may, because elves are really old. Maybe Gandalf's really old, too. You might run into him, you know, or somebody's relative. Um, But that was at least I thought was entertaining because it was like, it's really just lore. And it's just like having fun with how did things come to be. But it's not like just fan service. And it's not just we need to, uh, you know, fill in every gap. Um, In this case, though, I mean, and it's interesting because we've had um, the two of the favorite things I've had that have come out of Lord of the Rings were the Shadow of Mordor and the Shadow of War games, which were great. Love those. It was from a different perspective, but it was once again a video game. You're playing in that universe, which was very cool. Um, Mm -hmm. There apparently is a Gollum video game coming out, which is like a stealth game that I have no interest in at all. I've never wanted to be Gollum. Um, It's It's been my lifelong dream to be Gollum. (laughs) A gross guy who hides and eats dead fish. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, even if he wins, what does he win? You know, exactly. It's precious. gets to continue being gross and <laughs> eating people. Yep. I, that's great yep. life. Yeah. Um, well, and then uh, we had other news that um, the Embracer Group, who has been consolidating IP and everything, they're Swedish, basically, company that a- a- acquires things and then sells them off. Well, they acquired the rights to Lord of the Rings to do certain adaptations. Um, and it's like got certain criteria, like where Amazon can do theirs, but. Um, apparently it's got to have like certain things that are not movies. Like, so this is more movie focused rather than TV. And it sounds like um, they made a deal with Embracer group to get the rights. Um, and with that, I don't know what this means though, because we just had the Hobbit films six years ago. I don't know. Time is a, a vortex. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and then we had the original Lord of the Rings movies, which are now 20 years old. which just seems like really not. Really? 20 years? Wow, I'm getting old. Um, so, yeah, to your point, um, I I don't know um, what you do to do better than the Peter Jackson films because he was devoted, a great filmmaker who had a passion for it. I mean, it was his passion project to film all three at the same time. People thought he was crazy. They were Oscar nominated. Um, and then to go forward with it, to build it out, I don't know. I don't know if the the larger public at hand wants more of it, but I could be wrong. I mean, people wanted avatar too. And Oh, I thought that franchise was dead. Two? Did well, they want it though? Even if or they didn't did James want Cameron it? just shove it down our throat. Exactly. I, even if we didn't want it, it was coming. And apparently we we're like, okay, James Cameron feed us two or three hours of people yeah. that are blue. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I did not enjoy the first movie. I mean, I, I respected visually what they did but you know special effects are you oh, know yeah. Visually are story, of course. yeah 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 uh the story though as you know the plot was thin the, the mm-hmm. acting was thin uh the action mm-hmm. scenes were incredible uh this yep. movie though this the sequel i will say um much better um i think that the the fact that it was more focused on a, a family unit and the other race they found or the other um that race, it would be another, you know, just another tribe that they found. I thought mm-hmm. their animation style was so much better. I thought their world was cooler. um So I, my only problem with if Avatar, if you haven't seen already, I don't know if it does it justice on a regular small screen. So
0: that's what I hear, and you know, I, I'm I, I've been kind of preached to this whole the whole you know you got to watch things on the big screen, uh, and it's for me it's like sometimes it's just more convenient for me to watch it oh yeah and i know i'm missing out and i don't have the biggest tv or the biggest sound system but for me it's like well i will get i wish this i wish this topic came sooner later because it would have been a perfect segue but we went to the movies this weekend and we watched a certain movie we'll be talking about later and the theater actually made the experience worse
1: Oh, Not yeah. because of
0: the screen, because of the people.
1: So People. Yep. But yeah. you're absolutely or right. We'll get into that. We can yep. get into that. Yeah. Well, I will yeah, say if you crazy. if you have any curiosity, I would definitely see in the theater. I, I think, and I don't know what it was when I saw it in the theater, people were just mesmerized, so they didn't have time to talk or do something stupid. So mm-hmm. that was a good thing. I also saw it in Alamo Draft House where. You can snitch on people, and they will kick them out if they're idiots. Ooh, I like so that. Yeah. I don't normally go to it. It's about 40 miles from my house, but I figured oh I'm going to see them the best. Yeah, I know. It's like a weird thing. I'm yeah. like, you know what? If I'm going to see this movie, I'm going to commit to it completely. Um, they'll bring you food. But, I mean, it's it's they are, they, they are clear to tell you that if you are talking, you will be kicked out. And you can write on a little slip of paper. Give it to the wait staff so that you don't get found out, and they will remove those people. So um, it's, it's definitely one of the better uh, experiences if you have one near you, but it's not mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if there's much more to say about this because I'm not an expert Lord of the Rings guy. I'm not the guy that's read all the books. I have seen the animated movies, which I really enjoyed a lot. So if you like a lot of singing with orcs, I recommend the animated films.
0: Yeah. Oh, speak. I wanted to bring this up earlier, just to kind of back sure. up a bit. Back to Hellboy for a second. They, I don't know if you saw, but a while ago at the Game Awards, I believe they kind of showed a sneak peek. at oh, a yeah. Hellboy game, and it is in Mignola's art, and that's it looks amazing, amazing. So I love that. If, if there's one good thing coming from Hellboy, it is going to be that game, at least I think.
1: Well, that's awesome because I there was a Hellboy game on PlayStation One which was mm-hmm. not very good. There was also a PlayStation or a, a Hellboy game on Xbox 360 and PS3, which I own, which is better, but it was trying to be like God of War. Um, so yeah. I, this has got me excited for, for Hellboy because it's a perfect world to just play in and just go crazy. So yeah, hopefully it's good. Um, yeah. And I hope the only thing that does come out of this Lord of the Rings business is maybe getting, I love those uh, mo- games based on the movies that were just really good.
0: They were. Oh yeah. The PlayStation two and Xbox yeah. ones, uh, you know, but uh, they had the return of the King and the two towers games. And they were these co-op games that you just run around and just beat the crap out of all the orcs. Yeah. Those were really good. Um, there, there was, yeah, there was some good Lord of the ring games. And even, even though I didn't play the sequel, the original, the, the original shadow of Mordor, I believe it was introduced that nemesis system that oh, yeah. they copyrighted and won't let anybody else use. But still, great thing that they uh, that they built there.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's the whole point. Amazon wants to make games. Uh, oh. I think that's part of this too. Will be um, probably making games based on Lord of the Rings as well. Um, yeah, we'll see where this goes. But uh, folks, just uh, you know, hold on. If there's a franchise you love, it will soon be coming to a service that you probably own. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to the last story of the show. Um, and this is another comic book story of getting an adaptation. And, um, the interesting thing about this is, and I don't know if it has something to do with the property itself who owns it and is the link not working. Let me see what I can do. I I got it open here. Okay. Um, There we go. Now I, now it's opening. Okay. okay. So (laughs) pre-work pre-production Todd. Get on that. (laughs) Uh, So it's the DC's Dead Boy Detectives. So this is a spinoff comic based on characters that were created for the Sandman um, back in the day from Neil Gaiman. Um, WB, I don't know where they stand, but Sandman is still, um, was Vertigo owned by the creator. So Neil Gaiman owns Sandman. He can do whatever he wants with it. That's why uh, Sandman went to Netflix and it did not go to um, HBO Max. But I think there's still maybe a production deal with it or whatever. But um, the fact that we're getting a spinoff of the Sandman, specifically the Dead Boy Detectives, um, which had a comic book series uh, spinoff as well, uh, is kind of cool. And it, it opens the door for really different kind of stories from comic books. And John, I think I was talking about like comic books are not just capes and cowls. They are stories about music. They can be historical, they can be science fiction affairs. And this one in particular, um, basically it's about a pair of kids who chosen to investigate supernatural crimes on earth rather than pass on to the afterlife. I mean, does that, I mean, that's, that's just a premise waiting to be like milked and just have a great time with it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so they have cast uh, the characters. Uh, Yu Yu Kitamura, Jen Lyon, Brianna Cuoco, and Ruth Connell will be in this. I don't know any of them. Um, and it's apparently, um, it's going to be headed up by the flight attendant creator, Steve Yoki, and Aero showrunner, Beth Schwartz. So, um, and it's even produced by Doom Patrol, uh, the Doom Patrol producer, which... I mean I really enjoy Doom Patrol. I, I need to catch up on it, but I love the first season. Um and it looks like based on the creatives involved, this is gonna be treated well. And hopefully it's if it's on Netflix, it survives. Well,
0: that's that's a problem, right? It's it Netflix now. I and I'm I'm not helping the not helping the cause, uh, but the problem is with Netflix, it's like I don't want to get involved in a show because I know what's going to get canceled. And if I don't binge the show the day it comes out, it's going to get canceled. So it's kind of like this weird catch 22 because they said that their metrics are based off of uh, how fast people binge it, not how many people are watching it. So within the first week, if people aren't watching the whole se- se- season, it's like a failure. So there's some sort of weird metric like that, but they're not basing oh, yeah. it off of like, hey, we had because they, you know, they canceled. I, I don't remember the name of it, but from the creators of Dark, uh, there's a show
1: called Oh, 1899. East. My mom was just asking me about. Hey, have you seen 1899? I'm like, is that a Yellowstone spinoff? She goes, Nope. It's like, oh, I remember people talking about that that show. Was yeah. like, they were really enjoying. It. I'm like, not going to happen because I, apparently the budget's too high.
0: Well, and they apparently didn't have enough people watching sure. it, but it did have enough people watching it, just not under the metrics that Netflix wants. So it's harder to get excited about whenever I hear a good property coming to Netflix, I, he, I haven't even watched Sandman yet because I don't have faith in them continuing it. I, oh, I
1: it I just, got, it got renewed for a second season. So you're safe.
0: You, well, second season, which what happens after that? Well, right. You know what I mean? Like I just, I am just supporting
1: know, it because I love the first season and mm. I thought they did such a good job. And I, I'm more optimistic. I would say, I appreciate that if it shows that there's a, an audience for it even if it wasn't up to Netflix's standards mm-hmm. potentially it could go somewhere else and it could yeah. continue because there were shows that have gotten that like karate uh cobra kai you oh, kicked yeah. it to the curb and went to netflix um you've had other series too um and netflix has saved a few shows like um yeah. uh, uh lucifer was on fox yeah. moved over there so it's really weird and and i do yeah. agree with you though I, I i really think netflix has to change their model i know i know that's blasphemy but um, very few shows are dynamite like in the first season the first couple of episodes mm-hmm. they need time to grow they need time for the characters to develop uh, the the showrunners still need time to like tweak things to say eh, maybe this didn't work for a season but we're gonna change it for second season we're gonna bring right. new characters develop new storylines and things like that and I truly believe because of the amount of content that goes to Netflix the, the quality varies of course but I feel like you're just you're hurting yourself rather than helping yourself because there's too much. So it's harder to find stuff. Not everything gets marketed, not mm-hmm. everything gets advertised. So it's like, how do you find stuff? Is it word of mouth? Well, if you've got 85 things to go through and you're already three weeks behind on your queue, it's just a self fulfilling prophecy of defeat. So, and they talked about like, you know, we're spending too much on content. Well, I'm like, well, yeah, because you're putting out like everything from like, weird reality shows where there's MILFs on an island uh, to like, <laughs> I mean, to just like weird uh, Korean uh, shows that are like yeah. weird sp- sp- supernatural detectives. I mean, there's so much coming at you. It's like, yeah. I don't know how you get through it. And that's only if you own Netflix. If you own exactly. other services, you're like, I'm hurting here. And I need some g- good suggestions. So I, I totally get where you're coming from, John. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just glad somebody's making these things. I just True, wish, man. yeah, they were given a, a um, I always say this, if It was today Seinfeld and many other shows we love would have never made it because they didn't click, you know, with episode one.
0: Yeah, I think I think with me, it's like I kind of give it more like have a season or two out, then I can jump in, right? Because if I jump in at season one and you cancel it, like come on. But yeah, if they're doing a season two, then I will jump in. I will jump in and check it out then.
1: Absolutely. Well, that is it for the news this week, folks. Hopefully you enjoyed these stories. If there's something you're more excited about, let us know on Twitter. If you disagree, uh, agree, let us know. And we'll uh, talk about it on another episode or on Twitter. Or join us on our Discord, and we can chat there as well. So with that, John, we are now going to go to our favorite geek establishment for us to get caught up on what we've been geeking out about, and hopefully it hasn't been canceled by Netflix. So let's go.
0: Talk nerdy to me.
1: Talk to me. We're sitting, the geeky z, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So, John, this week yeah. we'll, we'll talk about something that both of us saw. A little bit about a cocaine bear. Yeah, we
0: saw a little bit of uh, cocaine bear. You know, we got a little bit of that. Um, yeah, that was it. Was kind of a last minute thing. Uh, I had interest in it ever since I saw the trailer, and then all of a sudden, my wife said, "Hey, do you want to go watch Cocaine Bear?" My wife never wants to go to the movies. Yeah, so <laughs> <"No>? okay, <laughs> sure she did not know what she was getting herself into no
1: i mean i I I got myself into
0: yeah i was expecting a lot more comedy um i thought i was expecting a lot more silly i it was like this weird balance of like an actual story with actual character arcs and development and then on the other side cocaine bear right um i i don't want to obviously it's a movie's brand new. So I don't want to dip too much in the spoiler territory. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to give too many details away, of course, but I just felt like it did fall a little bit flat for me. Cause one, I was expecting it to be funnier. Cause it just had, I was expecting a B horror movie, mm-hmm. kind of like an evil Dead, like classic evil dead, but with more comedy. Um But it, it seemed like this weird mix uh, of that and not that. Uh, it was directed by Elizabeth Banks and one of the Lord brothers. Uh, I think uh, one of the guys that did like the Lego movie yeah. and, and all those. Phil and all Lord, those I think yeah. yes, Phil Lord. So like they had like comedic people behind it, and I don't know. I felt like they tried to do too much with it. Great length, great pace, but I didn't. I I felt like we spent, and I guess this is the problem with any sort of animal monster movie but they spent more time with the humans than with what's actually happening um and just i don't know like none of the funny parts really really did much for me and it didn't help that the person i was sitting beside found everything funny oh no <laughs> i mean everything i mean the ambulance was backing up you remember that one scene the ambulance backing up i'm not giving oh, it anything have- away there's a one scene with the ambulance backing up mm-hmm. and she's laughing what at the end, when the really? kid said, "Oh, yeah," the kid says, "Oh no, here comes the
1: popo!" Oh, laughter,
0: lady, oh. it's not funny. I don't want to. I don't want to. Wait, was it? Heart.
1: Maybe it was my mother. She's a little bit old, and Cedar citizens find everything funny. <laughs> no, no, she was. She was pretty young. She was in her okay. early forties, I would say. Okay, uh, or late thirties, and
0: um, yeah, it's just like, listen, I wish I could enjoy things that much. It's not that funny, lady. You're laughing at things that aren't even funny. There were some funny parts, you know. I did chuckle at some, but. I'm also pretty hard to get to laugh. Like things aren't funny to me anymore. I don't. I don't know. I'm pessimistic a, a little bit, so it's hard to get me to laugh. But there are there were some funny bits. Overall, it's a it's a it's a light three out of five for me. Um, it just made the three mark. It barely got there. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt like it. Uh, it delivered on its premise. It it is what did they say it was? I was just hoping for a little bit. Different direction. I think maybe my expectations were in the wrong way.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. Elizabeth Banks. She directed what? Um, uh, the singing movie, Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. There you go. So she knows. I like those movies too. I like those movies were enjoyable. Yeah, and then she knows comedy. So it's like one of those things. Like, okay. And to your point, I totally get you. And the co- tone of this movie was all over the place. You mm-hmm. see the trailer, and you're like, okay, this is going to be like Ernest goes to camp with a lot of gore. Yeah, yes, maybe yes, like that because the characters were over the top. They weren't like. Playing straight. Maybe Ray Liotta was, but you know. Um, Ray but, yeah. Liotta was Ray Liotta. Like yeah, he was exactly. just like a character, yeah. a cartoon of himself. Yeah. But everybody else was just just broad, playing it broad, a little goofy, didn't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was more gory than I thought it was going to be, quite honestly. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, they went there. Okay. That's kind of gross. Um, there were a couple of scenes that did surprise me. They're like, oh, okay. We're doing that. Very good. But then other scenes I'm like, this, like I said, the pacing was a little weird at times. Uh, yeah, I, I struggled with the movie because uh, the the out the the reviews and everything are like espousing like the excellence. I'm yeah. so like, this movie is so good. Oh my god, it's it's going to be fantastic. The, the first really good movie of the year, and I'm like, okay, yeah. well, if this is better than like uh, Snakes on a Plane, maybe, and um, maybe more successful than Snakes on a Plane, but in this case. I don't know why I would recommend this movie for people going to the theater. I would say wait till it's streaming. Yeah. See it there.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is a watch it at home. Like, and I was going to watch this at home. It was just kind of a spur of the moment. Let's go watch it. The kids with grandma. So let's go. And like, sure. Right. Um, But I probably, I probably would have rather have taken her to Ant-Man. She doesn't watch superheroes. She probably would have had a better time
1: probably and ant-man yeah. is not for everybody either but i yeah. i think it's for a good time i think it yeah. fits the bill as long as you don't like i need to you know you got your marvel goggles on you're like i know everything's gonna happen why didn't this happen yeah um i think this movie is for some people maybe that lady you're sitting next to um yeah. probably like yeah yeah, exactly. yeah i i got a free ticket and that's why i went so um yeah well lucky <laughs> you lucky me i yeah i was like i didn't have to pay for this why not i'm yeah. going to the movies oh well yeah. um very cool so uh, I see something on your list, Chainsaw Man, that my son is into manga, he's into anime, so I get most of his thoughts on what we should watch. We watch some together. But I've been seeing Chainsaw Man, like, everywhere. It's blowing up, but I know nothing mm-hmm. about
0: it. You want the elevator pitch, huh? Sure. So it's basically, it's kind of like, uh, so, you, so your son's in the mag- manga, so you know the term yeah. shonen, right? Like, of just like kind of fighting mm-hmm. animes.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, the, uh, my, what is it? Uh, Boruto, Naruto,
0: those type yeah, of shows. Like my, my Hero yeah. Academia, yeah, watching uh, Demon, Demon Slayer, we're Dragon Ball Z, those are all shonen yeah. animes. Mm-hmm. And, and I am not an anime connoisseur. So please, if anyone is better than me, please don't shoot me. Uh, but basically what what this one is about is that uh, there are devils in the world uh, and there is a group of people that are there to kind of kill them, right? To get rid of them. Uh, but there are certain people that get have devil powers where uh, they kind of sign a contract, like a, a, a contract with another devil, and then they get their powers. For example, like, I'll give you my power, but I'm going to take your eye right oh. so things like that and sure. it follows it follows this main character denji who has uh, a pet a pet chainsaw dog and uh, i won't say how but at some point after the first episode he i know it's so goofy after the first episode he gains some of his power so that he can be the chainsaw man which is when he transforms his head turns into a chainsaw his arm turns into chainsaws and they're basically immortal unless you like cut their heart out um So I visually, it looks amazing. So I I was into it and, you know, watched the first episode. I was like, this is awesome. The second, third episode got into that really weird anime trope of like, this is really horny. And, <laughs> and so I was thrown off and like not I, I again just kind of top level like the main character he's really wants boobs and like make <laughs> a very very known those are words I want to squeeze her boobs those are actual wow. words in the so it threw me off I was like this is not what I want to watch but I stuck it through and I find out that, you know, you find out later that, you know, this kid's only 16. And I'm like, and I just think to myself, like, you know what? When I was 16, yeah, I would do anything to. It's like American pie, right? Or something like (laughs) that. When I was was 16, I would do anything to do what this kid's doing. So, you know what? I get it. And it quickly stopped being so, I'm going to use the word horny. Sure. That's that's what I can do. it. It stopped being like that. And I understood why the character wanted that so bad and it quickly moved on and then from episodes like four to 12 never again was it that Hmm. bad as it was in the early on and it there are so many twists and turns there are so many secret things going on uh the animation is so top-notch that i just fell in love with it and it is probably my favorite anime now it's one of my top animes okay um And I don't have a long list, but I haven't been so in love with an anime in a very long time since Cowboy Bebop to the point where I'm actually going to go read the manga now just because I don't know when season two is coming out and I want to keep going with it. It is really, really good. And that I can't, all I can say is that if you get turned off by the immaturity of, you know, like the boy wanting boobs and all that kind of stuff, if you can get, past that and you'll you'll you will see that there is more to it than just okay. oh, it's just a cliche anime where the characters are horny for each other it's much more than that you just have to sit it through and it is it is insane and it yeah. is a blood fest how old's your kid
1: uh, he's 17 ah, i say he's good. I thought you were gonna say yeah he's 11 you're like maybe i'm gonna take that no. away from you <laughs> No, he's he's fine with that. It's and it's funny you talk about that because it seems like it's it's you know obviously it's, Jap- it's it's Japanese and their culture is different. They have different viewpoint on things, and uh, and it is interesting because uh, anime and manga it's uh, it's really growing popular specifically and for females especially young teens and i was wondering like would that turn young girls off i mean do they care i don't know they're teens too i don't know it's just weird yeah we're we're older so we're like it's weird to us because you're like okay it's kind of creepy right because really now we're reading about teenagers and yeah
0: yeah but then you really think about it we watch game of thrones and it's all about sex and this and that like how many shows do we watch and it is all about sex right so well at that
1: age i wanted to cr-rated things
0: <laughs> yeah well, and, and it's, yeah. Uh, at that point it's just like a- everything has some sort of w- it's just for us it's just because like you said it's and well, it's because you're young and mm-hmm. two well only the guy is young the other the other people are older uh but it's i think it's because it's animated is that what throws you off too right because you're just like oh so now i'm gonna see animated breasts it's like okay that's weird you don't but i'm just saying like that's probably one thing that would Throw you off because it's animated uh but no uh, if your if your son is i don't know if you said your son was preaching about it but watch it it is again like i said you will watch it you will fall in love and the cool thing about the intro i just found out um that the director slash writer of the manga uh, he is a big movie buff <laughs> so the the intro it's not like clips from the show or just like random spurts of Fireballs flying, and like some other animes, um, they're all like little vignettes of clips from other movies. Like you got the Big Lebowski, you got Pulp Fiction,
1: oh, really a bunch just of some good yeah, influences. Bunch, oh, nice,
0: yeah. Just in the end, it's it's so it's so cool to see it. But uh, yes, I I cannot I cannot honestly recommend a, uh, an anime more. It's, as long as people just need to give it that shot. If you're thrown off by the the horniness in two and three, just keep going. Trust me, you'll get there.
1: Um, but yeah, solid. It's interesting. My son actually filters a lot of like uh, My Hero Academia and Demon Slayer for me for like the most exciting episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, So he's like, You don't remember like, No, I think you made me skip that episode and go right to the next part. So yeah, yeah. Because yeah. some of those things get long. It's like a soap opera. It's like I said, they, they're like, 150 episodes is no big deal for them so it's like yeah. yeah there's there's some filler stuff in there but um, yeah well very cool and- yeah that's a, that's a series I've, I've been saying hey th- I've heard things about this you want to watch it and my son has not said yes or no but he does have a lot of the apps where he can read the manga and stuff like that so tell him you spoke to a guy who says you guys are it. Okay.
0: I'm with you like my hero like I was watching my hero a lot and then it's yeah you, that I get really tired because it's just like there's 22 episodes chainsaw man was 12 episodes and that's the first season and the the second one has not come out yet so nice yeah sometimes some of these other animes they're going way too long just give me for all tv shows give me 10 to 12 episodes do not go into the 22 once you go there i know i'm gonna get fillers and when i see a filler episode i don't know when it's not going to be a filler
1: episode so i won't always pay attention exactly yeah yeah it, it, stick around to the next one maybe it's better you know or yeah, maybe it's exactly. more intriguing yeah well very yeah. good um and it's funny because you the the th- thing you read next is a book i started but i didn't finish it which book is that andre the giant and legend oh sorry uh you, oh, you started okay sorry i, thought I, you were st- telling I started me it yeah it's, and it's a graphic novel about andre yeah. the giant in his life and i'm like i was so intrigued i heard good things about this book so yeah. um and are you a wrestling fan Yes, I I was a wrestling fan growing
0: up. Got out of it because it's just one of those things that just stopped caring about. And then only in this last year have I gotten full back into it again, and I've kind of rekindled my love with it, uh, all thanks to AEW, uh, which is the, the a new another another promotion that's out. That's kind of like the the rival to WWE in a way. They're kind of like the WCW of today. Um, and yeah, no, I, I'm I'm all back in it now. I'm watching. Watching mostly week to week, but yeah, uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, I'm I'm just kind of been really into reading anything about wrestling. Um, what I've always missed in the past, growing up with wrestling, is that we did not know how things really were. Everything was what they tell you, right? So, for I mean, when I was a kid, for anyone that knows Stone Cold Steve Austin, I always thought that the Stunner actually stunned people, and that's why they kind of like did that I didn't know people sold their moves as much as they did you know I thought that they like were in a shock I was young I was silly so now it's 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 50 50 it's always nice that everybody knows that these are booking things that these are scripted so forth so it's nice that people are just kind of like this is what the business is like and I love to know the ins and outs of things I love transparency in content you know I wish that we had that with musicians I want to know Like, growing up, I love to see behind the scenes on how an album was made. I I don't like it when things aren't transparent because, like, what are you hiding? So, I love to see things like that. Now, I thought the Andre the Giant book did a great job of staying, showing you a little bit of that behind with not too much, just enough, just to kind of, like, give you a little edge. I wouldn't... I, the term graphic novel, trade paperback, all that stuff. it's a comic. It feels more in line with a comic strip because mm-hmm. each it goes through his life and each point in his life is very quickly gone through. like the the pages look like a comic strip for sure. Um, but it, they go through it really quickly. So like you're never staying in one moment too long. Uh, but I did learn I, I, this is a good way to read about Andre the Giant without reading, you know a big thick book. Um, and it got, got your points across and I learned some things I didn't know about him and it was, it was a good read. Um, I would give it a four out of five. I I enjoyed it. And you know, if, if you have even the slightest interest in them, I mean, to me, it's made me want to go back and watch some matches because I've actually never watched any Andre the Giant matches. So some of the ones that they highlighted in the book, I kind of like, oh, now that I know how the behind the scenes work like how hogan needs to do this or like put to put over another wrestler or 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 anything like that i kind of want to see that in in front of me now because i've only i've seen it in gifs and little clips but i've never seen in an episode so i'm used to wrestling being more about like high flying in spots so i'd be very curious to see what it was like back then my grandpa was really into it but I, i never watched those early episodes uh those yeah early matches
1: yeah, that, he was definitely in my – wheel. he was even like a little bit before my time uh, because um, I grew up in the 80s and WrestleMania was just getting big. My dad actually took me to a sports arena to watch WrestleMania 2 on a closed circuit TV. This was back Ooh. in the day. It wasn't like streaming stuff. So they would rent out a place and then broadcast the event um, on a big screen. And we I was there with probably 2,000 people that paid money to go to a place to watch. I mean, it's like when it's kind of crazy that the season existed, but as a kid I of, I think I was nine, 10 years old or whatever would happened? I was blown away. That was the one where it was like uh, Andre the Giant, Roddy Ray Piper, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T. I mean, it was crazy. It was just at that perfect time where wrestling would be started becoming big. I mean, we had like uh, Rocky Three with Mr. T. Hulk Hogan was in that movie, um, and Andre the Giant. Um, most people know him from The Princess Bride, and the fact that um, Andre the Giant this 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 giant he's seven seven over seven feet tall, huge from France, gentle giant, and all these things. And reading about this in his background, really cool story. I just and then beautifully illustrated. Just a fun. Background right, And that's my wheelhouse is those days. And I do catch up with wrestling every once in a while just to see where it's at. And it is entertaining still. I mean, yeah. That
0: maybe, was maybe, me. That was know. me for like the last year or two where I was always like, maybe I'll get back into wrestling. And I would just kind of see tweets. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm good. But yeah, I I've kind of gotten full force now where I'm watching the pay-per-views. I'm watching okay. I'm not watching week to week, but I am on it. But you yeah. when you were mentioning, you know, rocking stuff like that, like one of the things you find out in the book was that the Hulk Hogan versus uh, Rocky was actually inspired by Andre the Giant fighting a boxer. So, but the uh, Hulk Hogan is in this case playing Andre the Giant mm-hmm. who, like in comparison. Um, so yeah, like the, there's that. And I, I never watched The Princess Bride, which I know I've heard is very highly acclaimed. Uh, but there's a lot of behind the scenes on filming Princess Bride as well. So like, the, it's really cool to kind of see the, the people behind the character and like how they made Andre the giant, who he was, how it wasn't like he was this larger than life person, but like how they capitalized on him. And how unfortunately they
1: milked him for what he was worth and oh, just yeah. kind
0: of used him up.
1: Yeah, definitely. Wrestling is not great for your health or your longevity. That's for sure. Um, well, very cool. Uh, I just I, I know we're, we're going to we've kind of got a time out uh, uh, soon. Uh, so I'm just going to hit really quick on uh, Picard season three, episode two. I really enjoyed episode one. Episode two does not disappoint. If you're into the show or you're curious and have been spurned by the first or second season or heard they were bad and didn't want to watch. I think this is the season that they meant to make and they just finally got to do it. Um, it's really fun. I really enjoying it. It's action packed good character involvement um and some really uh, we don't know the whole plot yet but it the way they're building it up really hopefully it pays off. I hope they don't get a couple good episodes and then have like a, like three or four bad episodes and then they try to bring it back by the last one and and rush to the finish. So hopefully it's good. So hopefully folks are checking that out on Paramount Plus. By the way, Paramount Plus usually gives away free trials if you don't want to pay for the service. Hopefully you can check it out for free. Uh, and then lastly, The Last of Us, uh, we just got, um, the. I guess, I a new episode's coming out tonight, so I'm very excited for that. Um, but the latest episode, once again, they're nailing a lot of parts of the comics, or sorry, the video game really well. They're adapting it really well uh, based on some different tweaks for the show. Um, at first, I was worried that they might not get to the finish by the end of the first season, but the pace they're going at they may do it. So I, I'm really excited uh, to see where they go next. And this ne- next episode is really going to take uh, in account. The um, DLC called yeah. uh, left behind, which mm-hmm. I was surprised they were going to do that. I'm like, they're going to fit this in and they are.
0: Yeah. And it's funny. I actually just beat that recently. I just Ooh. beat part two a couple months ago. and okay. then after I'm like, okay, I need to go back and finally beat uh, left behind. So I did the same thing.
1: Feel, yeah. yeah I, never, feel, I
0: never played it when it first came out. Yeah. So it's perfect. It's going to feel nice and fresh.
1: Yeah, I, I'm very excited for this. So uh, I think we've got like three episodes left after tonight, or maybe two. So a little nervous because I'm like, oh boy, um, how's this going to end, and who's heart are they going to break, and who are they going to make cry? Because that'll probably happen.
0: I think they said that they're This is this season is supposed to ca- cap cap in all of season one. Wow. Um. So that's I- crazy. I'm, I'm hoping that they do because you know they who know if that was going to get picked up and then
1: season two does season two go straight into
0: game two i don't know we'll see right
1: yeah well if they if i think i know what they're going to do then the last two episodes one is going to be a really crazy episode that just blows your mind and then the same thing with the finale so mm-hmm. i don't know i i'm just really impressed that they have managed to adapt this game as well as they have yeah, yeah it's, it's really good um and i'll be really sad when it's over and i probably have to wait another two years for the next season so yeah mm. Waiting is always the hardest part. Oh, it well. is, yeah. Yeah, well, that is it for the Geek Easy. So, folks, we are now going to head on over to the land down under where the mutants run and the men plunder, and that's the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, uh, as you heard in the news stories, There's a lot of franchises that are getting expanded, whether you want them or not. And I thought that was a good topic uh, based on John's initial reaction, like they're making the Lord of the Rings again. Holy crumbs. (laughs) So that made me think we're going to do a really quick topic called franchise fatigue or famine, meaning what are franchises that we're just getting way too much of? And what are franchises that you feel like, wow, they're just being left and squandered and they really need to make more of them because they're so good. And um, I think people would want more. So with that, John, uh, we'll go with this. First of all, franchise fatigue. Uh, you know, it's it's a hot topic in the Marvel universe yep. these days with comic, you know, comic books and superheroes and all that stuff. Um, is there anything that you're feeling like fatigued by in regards to the world of franchises? I am fatigued by the Marvel movies, but
0: not in a bad way. It's more just so because there are so many coming out, and they're they're not. They used to be more special. They used to try to make them more unique. But as you've heard, for example, with um, with Ant Man, you know, a lot of the the story and a lot of the, the the visual effects, everything was rushed because they were prioritizing Black Panther. So the problem it's problem is not necessarily the fatigue. It's it's them pushing it too hard and not allowing things to breathe. Um, I don't think there's a superhero fatigue because you know you can watch Black Panther. Black Panther does not feel like a quote-unquote superhero movie because it's so much more about the people and the country and the family, the culture, right? Like that Black Panther does not feel like a superhero in a good way. Like you know what I mean? Like it feels like a a, a more serious dramatic movie. Where a movie like Thor feels more superhero-y, right? Um I think it's what James Gunn is doing with the DC universe is more promising to kind of uh fix that fatigue to kind of give uh you know give a shot of Red Bull in there and uh you know kind of get everyone back into it because he is based on what he's talking about uh is giving people the creative freedom to like you know I trust this directing and writing team to make what they're gonna make. Um, they're not focusing on let's get the big people out of the way. They're not focusing on trying to make this big Avengers slash Justice League thing. They're just they're starting with these most obscure things and just trying to build characters. Uh, so I think if we can get back to that and we can stick to just creating good movies and, and not these, not trying to build the next phase or trying to build up to the next movie, then we'll be better. That's the biggest problem with Marvel is that there. It was great when we got the Infinity and Endgame, Infinity War and Endgame, but. Now with the expectations that, okay, what are we building to next? What are we building to next? And it's the same problem with what we talked about with comics, where there is, it's all about an event. It's all about the lead in. You have to watch the movies prior to understand it. People are like, there's, there's TV shows. Uh, What do I watch all the TV shows or do I watch some of them? Who knows? Right. So I, I think they just need to put a, a more focus on making the quality product. And, and be just be better about how they're handling that like Miss Marvel for example I loved it I loved her uh, the 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 girl playing Miss Marvel I love how they really got into the culture and then most of the season just rushed to another location and it was all superhero stuff for the beginning it was more like coming of age and all that stuff right so they really need to trust the people that are working for it and just let them create these stories that because it we're getting tired of superheroes. They need to let them
1: be more than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you make a good point because comic books incorporate Every type of story you can tell. We just mm-hmm. talked about Andre the Giant getting, a, I mean, essentially a comic book. So that tells you the depth and the where you can go. and You can do independent mm-hmm. stories. You can do music, stories about music, biopics. You can do the smallest small little story. You can do ex- explore things without a budget. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. You just showed Blue. Um, you know, uh, what is it? Um, there's a, there's these are, other... These are two... Com- I just want to quickly shout out Dave, Dave Chisholm. Uh, these are two comics he wrote,
0: and they're both about jazz music. And they single handedly got me into jazz music. So, no superheroes involved at all. That's what, you know what I mean? Like, that's the power of comics.
1: There is so much more. Yeah. And by the way, folks, uh, make sure you're watching this episode because John has brought props. No, this is great because your background is awesome and I love this and I want people to see it. No, and I I think that's the great part. You've got comics at the ready to show me. And I actually have uh, comics like on my feet because I'm redoing some things with my single issues. But I mean, you're absolutely right. So when we talk about fatigue, I think it's when too much at once and then uh, too much of the same. And when I say too much of the same, I think Marvel did a good job of looking at genres mm-hmm. and adapting those in comics. I think of like The Winter Soldier. Really well done doing like a spy film. And they've exactly. done – they, 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 Perfect perfect example. Like that yeah. doesn't feel like a superhero movie either. No. No oh, yeah. it's and it's it's really well done and I think they've done that uh, okay in other genres but I feel like they've gotten away with it in a lot of it like Ant-Man does feel like now it's versus being a smaller film where it's kind of goofy and it's not the world is not at stake and a, he's, you easily know a thief and he's got so it's a, comp, a trying to go after like a comedic bent which is great mm-hmm. I thought Thor did a good job with in the previous movie in Ragnarok of just like we're going to reinvent Thor because the first two movies kind of felt generic, kind of felt too much like stoic, So sort we of you know, that. But then it's like they try to repeat that and it kind of failed. Mm-hmm. So I think when comic books, movies, and, and TV shows can have an identity, they have a, a, a visual identity, they have a, a voice that makes sense. I think it makes people excited uh, to see what's next and how will it be told differently. Um, I think that's why – You know, in a lot of ways, and I was looking at like a list of franchises like Batman. There's been eight Batman films. And quite honestly, every attempt is a little bit different in a way. I mean, you get the you get like the Tim Burton, which is yeah, it has to be right. Exactly. Then you get like the weird, wacky Joel Shoemaker films. You get like the Batman 66. Then you get the Nolan films. And I would say Nolan and uh, the um, most recent The Batman. They had a lot of commonality, but one was like he was more of a detective. Versus just a generic Batman guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think what what carries the most common is that they were both very grounded in reality, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, and what they did different with the Matt Reeves one is that like, no, we are going to make him a detective. Whereas uh, the Christopher Nolan ones, it was was more about his, his, it was like you had Batman and then you had rich Bruce Wayne. I really like the Matt Reeves one because the Matt Reeves one actually made me appreciate less... The the Nolan ones, like I've lost appreciation for them mm-hmm. after watching the Matt Rays one. Because when I really think about it, you know, the best part of the Dark Knight was Joker. Yes, and I, I, I like Dark Knight Returns. Uh, no, Doctor Edward Rises. Um, I actually like that one despite it being really crapped on. Uh, and that's because they took Bane, a character that I did not think could lead a movie as a villain, and
1: they made it work. I'm like, okay, I can see this, but yeah. I didn't even know where we are going with that. <laughs> no, no, but you're right. But then we're hearing like the next Batman film is going to be more like he is in the comics, which we haven't yeah. got a lot there with teaming with Robin. I'm like, so that's kind of I think that when we talk about like fatigue, I think that's what leads people into like, I, like I, I. and it's funny because the Spider-Man films, because we did mm-hmm. get like, you know, the Toby yeah. McGuire, then we get the Andrew Garfield. In a lot of ways, they were very similar films. I didn't feel like there was a lot tonally, except maybe one was more like yeah. the Stan Lee, Steve Ditko era. One was more like the Ultimate era. And then we got the Andrew Garfield. I just think a lot of people enjoy uh the most recent series because it just feels like it's Spider-Man without a lot of baggage and he's having a good time. Yeah. another yeah. so Origin,
0: know. just like throw him yeah. in there. Like and and that's what we need to start that's that's another thing actually to avoid fatigue is if you're going to reboot a character you need to try your best to skip the origin because we know Batman's origin, we know Superman's origin, we know Spider Man's origin. Like we know these major character origins. You need to, the fi- Spider Man did it great where he was still early, but not too early, right? So like they, yeah. they got past the origin, but not too early that he's already super far in. But you can take a character and say, hey, for like with Matt Reeves, this is Batman. He's on year two, right? Year one or two of, of being Batman. We don't need all that stuff. Uh, People know the, the basis of it, you know, man dressed as a bat beats, beats the crap out of people. Good to go. (laughs) You know what I mean? So exactly. People know that. So I think, yes, if you're going to continue to do these franchises that people know, skip the, skip the origin. We don't need the origin again.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, uh, a thing that we're going to need more than ever now is I think things need to be standalone. Um, it's great to have an overall story arc. Like I, mm. I think the old things used to do that, where they would have like more of like standalone episodes. Then maybe, and I think Buffy was one of the first ones that did this, was really like there'll be an overall arc, but it won't be in your face all the time. You mm. can actually enjoy each episode as a standalone because um, you feel like it's a complete story. You had a good arc and you had a good time. But if you keep watching, they'll build. The characters will develop, they'll grow. Um, and that was kind of the – the. and it, it was like Babylon 5 was the same similar way with that. Um, so I'm thinking like we've just got to have a lot of the – I think where we get unsuccessful is we take and make like a like TV series. Now like, it's like a nine-hour movie rather than a nine-episode TV show. I think – and that's where comic books are great back in the day. You could read often a standalone comic book story. What is Spider Man up to? And those are those are some great opportunities to really uh, capture people's attention. Mm-hmm. You entertain them. You give them a little bit about the character, and and then you can do that. But not forgetting that people desire like you know uh, longer arcing stories as well. So I, and I'm curious, like because with the MCU, people are feeling fatigue because like I have to catch up on what. I have to watch all of these things now. There's so much coming at me. I don't have time to watch it all. Does it really matter? And sometimes the quality has been reduced because it's like they had the budget to make two really good things or five so-so things. I liked Miss Marvel, but a lot of people Mm -hmm. skipped it. Uh, because yeah. they, they weren't wa- excited about watching a young teen become a hero. But I'm mm-hmm. like, that's the stories we want because we don't get many of those. When was the last time you get a teen becoming a hero? I love Stargirl on CW because I like the JSA and I like seeing teens being teens um, and having a good time. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you, you think that um, – is there, is there, is there some, still something good with just having maybe just a solo movie? And that's the only movie they get. But it's a great movie.
0: I mean, like that's. I feel like that's how we kind of got with Batman because Batman feels like it could, it could. They could have not made another one, and we would have been done. Like they could have announced this new DC universe. Thankfully, he said, "Hey, Matt Reeves' Batman is Elseworlds, so it still exists." But if they said, "Hey, we're scrapping that," that movie started and ended perfectly. That you could be like, "I want to see more," but it also
1: worked by itself. Yeah. Um. So, kind of talked a little bit about fatigue. Now, the famine part. Um. There are. Th- Everybody has a favorite thing that has either only been one and done, given short shrift, or it never even been adapted. Um, I'll give you one. Green Lantern. One of my favorite heroes. I've loved mm-hmm. some of the, some of his books. Uh, there's been so many interpretations. There's so many Green Lanterns because of the core and so many stories to tell. We've gotten one movie. We've gotten one animated series back in the day. Um, and that's about it. And I don't want one bad movie to tarnish uh, a good hero and the good news is we are getting a tv series that is supposed to take the green lanterns like uh space cops and yeah they're on earth and when i heard that's inspired by true detective i'm like this could be awesome hal jordan like buddy cop movie i'm all in and, so i I, I, I want point that.
0: of, and that's my point of james gunn like trying to give us take away the fatigue by going here is here is characters and we're gonna do it in a way that's not oh it's a superhero story that's it right like they're doing something different like making it a true detective type thing that's weird and awesome
1: so and and we just uh finished uh supergirl world of tomorrow which it was an eight arc standalone story uh about supergirl Again, perfect yeah it was wonderful and every episode every issue too told a standalone story that was phenomenal it's like it just yeah. just made me so happy and i'm like oh and they're making a movie on that I see how that works. That makes me so happy because that's the type of story we normally don't get. So Mm -hmm. I'm very excited for that. So um, for you, like, what are like some things you're like, man, I really want this, but um, they made one episode and, or one movie and it's done or wow, they talked about that and it's not getting made. Is there anything like that for you? Uh, Well, first off I do
0: appreciate, and this is not really fair, but you know, a lot of uh, independent comics are getting turned to the shows. I can't, think if any off the top of my head but you know there's a lot of things that are based on graphic novels and it's only because you know they're like oh comic books let's buy more comic books right let's do that uh like deadly class was one and you know that got canned but other than that um kind of cheating i want them to and a lot of people my age want this i want them to do a more grown-up turtles i want i want a continuation of the 1990 movie i want that Okay. You know what I mean? I I want that rawness again because I love every turtle thing that comes out. I love. I find something to love about them. The The bulky football player CG ones that came out, love those movies. Those Found are fun. Love about them. Yeah. A lot of people hate them. I'm like, yes, they are ugly. Yes, the movie was a bunch of fun. Uh, the last cartoon that came out, The Rise tur- Turtles, I didn't like it at first. It grew on me. The movie was one of the best that's what i've heard yeah it's not visually
1: not my my type of thing but i heard so many good things about it which is cool yeah
0: because they do touch on it is a more serious it is a little bit darker um with the last ronin book uh, coming out that you know we'll talk about on your patreon episode uh that is a story that's so perfect that they could do something out of and I don't know I I feel like with Turtles they're going to just kind of keep it to focus on kids which is fine um for us grown-ups we do have the comics that, that are a little bit more grittier but I the the 1990 movie is such a perfect movie for me because it's not your typical comic book movie you don't have the big CG fight you don't have all of those tropes that we have today it is so uh, grounded and it is so raw and it is, feels so real. You know what I mean at all times. Uh, that if if we could get more stuff like that, that I would be happy with that. Um, I, I don't think there's any other show that I could think of nerd wise that's going on that I'm like, oh, why didn't we get more of that? I th- I think anything that's got canceled got canceled for its reasons. Like <laughs> there's nothing that I'm kind of holding on to, not that I can think of right now. But w- what about you?
1: Um. So, that's a good question. Um, one of the, th- the shows I really liked on sci-fi got one season, um, and that was Dresden Files. And Dresden Files is a long-running book series about Harry Dresden. He's essentially a modern uh, detective who is also a magician. It oh. was really fun. It was like uh, noir. Uh, Paul Blackstone was Harry Dresden who has been in other genre things. He's great. And I thought it should have been renewed and it didn't. And it's been uh, uh this book series is very popular. It's audiobooks and things like that. But it's once again it's a thing where it's like it's still only living in one area and a lot of people don't know about it. I'm like this could work really well because I think it just fits a tone, especially if you move to like HBO Max and you could do like a dark mm-hmm. with like gritty and not gritty like you know oh killing thing but you could do it more adult and it could be um but it kind of balanced those things' be uh there was a, a HBO movie back in the 90s called cast a deadly spell very similar la uh, old detective noir film but magic was a thing and there was a detective yeah. who had to Fred Ward was I believe the main character it's a great movie uh definitely worth checking out but um uh, that um I think would be phenomenal um but one thing I truly want and hopefully I've my, my prayers can be answered, uh, with James Gunn behind, uh, DC now is, um, Starman in the JSA is one of my favorite series of all times. Jack Knight Starman is one of my favorite comic book runs of all time. We talk about the crazy DC events. Zero Hour was one of those. It was one of the first events post crisis that tried to restructure the timeline, bring back old heroes. And one of the only few successful characters that were brought back in was Jack Knight, who was the son of Starman. Um, And he was a reluctant hero, uh, had his own style, and did things heroing his own way and it was felt like a vertigo book at the time and it wasn't and it was so good and it was this it was like a sandman it was 75 issues or Mm -hmm. 80 issues he told his story james robinson's told his story and it ended and i'm like how and they've never really revisited the character and i'm not sure it was because of he didn't want people to do that but I think it would work so well as a series, even a movie, but I, I prefer a series just because of the way he told of uh he went uh through the series, how complex it was, and it was wonderful. And they took like old crazy heroes or villains that you thought, oh, they can't adapt those, and they modernized them and made them great. Like john Jeff Johns did a lot of that with like the Flash and Green Lantern uh mythos. I thought it was really well done. So that's kinda like where I would lead to see uh and that franchise coming back. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, you know, at this point, well, I thought you were going to mention Power Rangers because they've tried oh, movies yeah, so long because yeah, the, the like, most recent movie I saw with my son, we
0: enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah. I, I, My thing, like, I felt that like they took too much time to get to it, but, like, I was hoping, you know what, we'll get a sequel. And there, that it was really promising. Let me just
1: say this. Did you grow up on Power Rangers? I was it was past me, so like I was in okay. college. the several old I was in gosh. college when Power Rangers debuted. But my buddy's uh, brother was the right age because he was in junior high or something. So we were aware of it, but it wasn't in my wheelhouse.
0: When they when so you had this somber kind of kind of dark tone throughout the whole movie, mm-hmm. and the second they turn into Power Rangers, and it just turns into the TV show with the music and everything. Oh, dude, I I had actual goosebumps when that happened. Yes, I definitely want another Power Rangers movie. Um, That is because like I've tried to watch a show and the shows are still fun. My daughter watched a little bit. She was into it for a little bit and they're fun. But Mm -hmm. like the movies were special, definitely were special. And yeah, we need I I feel so annoyed that they did not let that one go because that movie was
1: very promising. Yeah. A lot of my contemporaries, it's their wheelhouse. It's what they love. Yeah. Like I had Transformers, I had G.I. Joe, those type of things. Transformers like the next generation for for a lot of uh folks. And uh and I know um my son loved it, so it was one of those once again, it's timeless and it works mm-hmm. for everybody at every age. Um and I thought it was interesting because you kept on hearing about these um it, these pushes to bring Power Rangers into a much, more mature lens. They've made some fan films and things like that. And I always thought that was gonna happen. And maybe they don't want to make it more mature, but I I do feel like that's an area they could explore to balance and satisfy the older audience Mm -hmm. and still keep the kids and the younger audiences happy. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, This has been a fun episode, John. I appreciate you coming along and joining me on this voyage in the world of nerd. Uh with Charlie being out, I always like wonder like who can I bring on? Um and so thank you very much. And yeah, we're gonna chat again, not that much longer, uh, to talk about that cool Patreon project. So very cool. So with that though, tell people where they can find you.
0: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at John S. Bernardo. Uh, you can follow our podcast at Comics on the Pod uh, or visit it, comicsonthepod.com. Uh, we are currently uh, in the middle of building season two, so you won't see a lot of activity, but follow. So uh, as soon as we go live, you will see it. Uh, basically, we write comics on the spot and we put it on our website for you to read for free. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and, th- and that's pretty much it. That's where, that's where I hang out the most. So
1: yeah, find me there, follow me. Um, and yeah, that's all I got for you. <laughs> well, very, very good. Yeah, check out John. He's got some really cool stuff going on. Uh, and by the way, uh, watch the video. You can see his cool stuff from behind him. Uh, and that's a good segue uh, for where you can find me. I'm at T-Oxtra on Twitter. My personal stuff. I'm into video games and talking about sports there. Um, but for all things Secret Friends, check out at Secret Friends U. Go to our website, secretfriendsunite.com. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Unite and join our discord and join uh, the fellow nerds who are talking about all things cool, comic books, video games, food, technology. We're having a good time there. Um, Yeah, so with that, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, be the hero, not the villain. This podcast is
0: part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more.